Hey, hey, welcome back everyone to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm your host, Tom Morcus, and today I sit down with Dove Gordon. Dove is a coach who helps consultants and experts get ideal clients. And today we talk about just that, including how to craft your tagline or hook so you can get more clients. And that's where the bulk of today's conversation is focused. And my big takeaway from today's conversation is basically this three-step process that Dove kind of walks through with clients when he's helping them develop their taglines, or their hooks. And he has three very simple questions. The first one is, what problem do you help solve? What results do you enable? Be specific. Who has those problems? Who wants those results? Group however you can. And what are the characteristics of your ideal client? And you'll see in today's conversation, as we work through those three questions and, and kind of develop a tagline and a hook, kind of walk through the process, and Dove also shares with us several really great examples that should help you think about how you can position or use this in your own consulting, advisory, coaching, or training practice. So I'm going to leave it at that because we're going to really get into it today. And I think this is a very pragmatic and practical episode. And last thing before we start, as always, please, if you enjoyed today's conversation, please leave a review on iTunes. Go to tomworkus.com slash iTunes. And also note that this podcast is now on Spotify, Google Play, and a bunch of other places. So we're getting a much wider distribution now. So whatever platform you're on, leave a review. Obviously, the main one is iTunes. But anywhere where you can leave a review really helps spread the word about this podcast. Thank you in advance for your support. Without further ado, let's get to today's conversation. So Dove, let's dive into this world of kind of client generation, lead generation for coaches, consultants, advisors, and I'm sure this applies to you know, all sorts of different types of professionals as well. Before, before we dive into the, the specifics though, I'm, I'm kind of curious how you actually got into this space and how you kind of got to this point where you're uh, kind of a well-known sought-after consultant in this space for people who are looking to, to generate new clients and, and kind of fill their pipeline. So tell me a little bit about your backstory that led to this. Uh, school of hard knocks, really. School of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, a bit of a different start. You know, I, it's interesting because a lot of our clients that we're helping uh, these days are corporate refugees. So they went more of a traditional way. And then at some point they figure, I want out. You know, I, I want out. Uh, I want to do my own thing. I want independence. Uh, I did well in the corporate world. I should be able to do this uh, well independently. And, you know, six months, a year, two years, three years later, they still haven't replaced their nice salary that they left with the bonuses. Uh, they've been struggling. And at some point they come to realize there's a different set of skills involved and they're, they need to figure it out. Like, what am I been missing? So it's interesting because that wasn't my path. I kind of, I, I don't have a college degree, uh, kind of self I'm always learning, you know, like Abraham Lincoln, it's good enough for him, good enough for me. Uh, I'm in actually very good company with, uh, um, well, there's a long list of such people. So the, um, um, the, and I never had a real job. You know, I, I, I discovered the business and self-help sections in the library when I was 13, I think. And I was just reading everything I could. And at a 21, I got married 20, you know, around then I also real, I figured I'm going to need to do something to support the family. So I, uh, I'd come across the idea of business coaching at some point. And then from there it was for the next seven or so years, it was a, grind uphill. It was just pushing uphill. Um, I'm not the natural charismatic type. I was not, you know, was not still not interested in being like the the celebrity guru type. Um, most of our clients, that's not what they're looking for either. So it's a fit there. Um, 
but I knew that I had what to offer. I, I genuinely cared about clients. I had skills. I, I'm, I like to think I'm smart, um, but I could not figure out how to take my, my smarts, my expertise and turn it into a consistent flow of clients. And that's not for lack of trying. Uh, I, I spent a lot of money on, on books and courses and, uh, and coaching and mentoring. And f- still, the first 70 years was a, a, a real push uphill. At that point, I started to figure out, things started to click into place. I started to understand what I'd been doing wrong. And by that time, I also knew many other people like me who'd been struggling. And around 2010, I shifted my focus to other consultants, coaches, experts, professional service firms, where they have a lot to offer, but uh, like they've mastered their craft. They're really good at what they do. Sometimes you're like, you know, really like world-class. And I love working with those people. They're world-class at what they do, but getting clients, it's, they're not even close to what they know they should be. So I tend to be kind of analytical, structured thinking, and uh, uh, through suffering, you know, the pain of all the, the frustration over the years, I seem to have a, a, uh, a good ability to distill it down to the essence and then communicate that and teach it to others so that they can avoid at least some of the frustration uh, I'm not one of those who believes that any of us could avoid, you know, pain. Uh, you know, nobody, I, I believe that what I need to learn, what you need to learn uh, in order to have our next breakthrough, what who, everybody listening to this, what you need to learn, for the most part, you know enough information wise, you know, um, what you need to learn now is not something that anyone could teach you. What I could do is I could lead you through a series of experiences so that you learn what you need to learn. We have to, we have to live it to understand it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting just on, on that note too, the idea of like living something to, to learn it. I think that's, that is, that is it. Right. And it's like one of those things where I've kind of been reflecting on that a little bit myself, like thinking about just entrepreneurship in general and how, you know, it's, it's like, there's, there's a lot of useful resources. There's a lot of good training out there, but you, you, it doesn't matter how much you read. doesn't matter how much you study. If you're not like implementing it, if you're not doing something with it, you can never, you can't get any better. Like it, you, it doesn't matter the, the, how much, you know, it doesn't matter how the depths of your knowledge, if you don't have the experience. And I don't know, I just think that's a kind of a fascinating topic. So how do you guys actually go through that process then and, and make it kind of experiential type learning? Well, um, let me, let me give another kind of a, perspective on that. I, th- I yeah. think it'll answer what you're saying. Um, here, here's what happened. Like we're, we're asking the wrong questions. You know, those of us who are looking to, to, to build a, a really good income on the back of our expertise, you know, your hard one, hard earned expertise. Um, we often get stuck if marketing and sales is not your natural skill. So we often looking around and, and we don't have the same confidence. Like if somebody's a really good aquaculture engineer, like one of our clients is, or a really good, like another client is an expert at industrial bun making, baking buns, right? He's, he's a, he's a an absolute world expert at that. Um, or just, you know, we, we've got leadership consultants and they're really good at what they do or coaches or whatever it might be. If you're really good at what you do, but then you're like, okay, how do I get clients? And suddenly you find yourself, in this, this merry-go-round or this total mess. Like you, you wake up in the morning, how do I get clients? And there's a sort of long, there's a line around the block of tactical experts. This one says LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, joint ventures, webinars, podcasts, it's endless. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, hundred percent. 
So it's confusing. And when you're not in your natural domain, because there are two paths to thrive, I'm a, a tangent on a tangent. There are two paths to thrive as, uh, as a consultant, expert, coach, and so on. There's the path of the charismatic guru, and there's the path of mastery. And I, I realized this many years ago. Um, they're both legitimate paths. They're both totally legitimate. As long as you're being ethical and honest, they're both legitimate. The problem is that the ones that are most visible to us are the charismatic guru types. And they're out there saying, hey, just do what I did. And you too could have a Ferrari, three homes, and work from the beach. Um, the, the thing is that the, that's not the right path for most people. I'm, I'm guessing 85, 90% of people belong on the other path, the path of mastery. But what, because that's what's shown to us, that's what's most visible, and we don't have our own confidence, our own experience to say, okay, I guess so. So we, we end up following you know, whoever it is down that path until we get to a point where like, there's just too much friction. Because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. There's something, there's a lot we could learn from them, but there's one key thing they cannot transfer, and that is that strong, outgoing personality. I just talked to, to a woman who's also a successful corporate uh, career, uh, wrote a book recently, trying to do her own thing, kind of stuck. And she says, look, I'm, I'm, I, like you said, Dove, I'm not looking to be a celebrity. I just want to do great work with great clients and make a great income. So, I think that you have to recognize if that's you, there's nothing wrong with you, by the way. And you're probably not doing anything wrong in terms of what you've been taught. You have to learn if to back up, get off the path of the charismatic guru and get onto the path of mastery. Now, what does that mean to be on the path of mastery? It means that you don't have to, you know, you're not looking to rely so much on strong personality. Instead, you're looking to rely on mastery of what is it that leads people to notice you and want to buy from you. So the way I see it, is that in order for somebody to go from total stranger, never having heard of you, to where they're happy to hand over a nice amount of money to get your help, is there are only three questions that they need to answer yes to. So with all the talk about you need a funnel and your marketing funnel and sales funnel and this and that, and then you ask most people, okay, a marketing funnel is a system. It's a process. Every system or process has an objective, a goal. What's the objective? Why do I need a marketing funnel? Why do I need a marketing system? And I bet most of the time you hear something like this. You hear, well, uh, so that you can fill your pipeline, so you can get leads, so you can close deals. And that's all true. But then I say, okay, so now what do I do? And you don't actually have any real understanding of what the purpose is. And I'm going to prove it to you by sharing what I think is a deeper understanding. And to me, the purpose of, of the marketing funnel it's, it's simple. It's to lead your ideal client to answer yes, yes, and yes. There are only three questions. I started saying that a moment ago. And your job is to help them answer yes. And then instantly they think of the second question. And your job in your marketing and sales is to lead them to answer yes to the second question. Instantly they have a third question. And if they answer yes to the third question, congratulations, you have a new client. So the first question is, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? So again, maybe they hear me on a podcast and they ask, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? Right? That's what their brain goes. It may not even be conscious. And, and they're like, oh yeah, that is interesting. That's the right answer. In case anyone's thinking that, that's definitely the right answer, right? So uh, then instantly I have a second, uh, a second question, which is, okay, you got me interested, but can I trust you? You, know, you seem to know your stuff and you actually seem to care. So, but, so, so yeah, you do seem like somebody I could trust. Instantly, they have a third question, which is, is what you recommend right for me? You got me interested. I see I can trust you. Is what you recommend right for me? And at that point, you're in sales, whether it's a sales letter, 
a sales webinar, a one-to-many, or a one-on-one sales conversation, they're always asking these three questions. And um, if you lead them to answer, yes, what you recommend is right for me, congratulations, you have a new customer. So you ask me, what's the, how do we lead people along in this way with the experience? The first thing is to understand. To me, mastery has three levels. You, you need some information, right? See, it's not about more and more information. Most of us know enough. We're reading books, taking courses, and so on, and we're still overwhelmed. What we need is to more deeply understand the things that we already know. Right? So mastery is, you, but you do need information. I like to think of it as the critical 10% that makes you look brilliant 90% of the time, the critical 10% that gives you 90% of what you want. And, but how are you going to know? If you're out there, how are you going to know what is that 10% that actually matters, that you actually have to know? You've got to learn from someone who's, excuse me, who's mastered what you're trying to master. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you could spend 10, 15, 20, 30 years mastering it on your own, going in circles, and, um, you know, and, and, and eventually you might, you might discover it. So, uh, but, but why, you know, we don't have that, that luxury in life. So you need to find somebody who's mastered it and they can help you see, you know, Tom, this, you got to understand this and then come back to me and then you know what to do and, and, and I'll, I'll help you next. So there's that little bit that you have to know. That's step number one. Step number two is then you implement it. And we use a lot of people between step one and step two. A lot of people are always studying and they're not implementing. Right. And then once you implement, you're going to get some results and some of those results you're going to like, and some of those results you're not going to like. So that's when you step three, you go back to your mentor, your coach, whoever is, is working with you, leading you, who's on your side there. And everybody needs somebody, somebody's usually multiple. And you say, Hey, this is how I applied what you taught me. This, I like this. I don't like what, what do I need to change? And usually in a matter of seconds or minutes, they could see what would literally take you months or years to figure out on your own. And they could say, well, this you're doing well, make this change over there, tweak that and go out and do it again. And, and you repeat that cycle and until you've mastered the thinking, you understand it because you're living it. And that's, you know, so, so, so you asked me, how do we give uh, people an experience? I, I've kind of, answer that on one level. I mean, I'm going to pause so you can take me where you want to go. We can Mm. answer that more specifically in terms of, of, well, why don't you? uh... Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's good because I got a few questions kind of came came to mind as you were talking about this. So kind of the three yeses, I think this, this might be a good thing to zoom in on. Like that first yes, uh, part of it was like, like, is this interesting? Am I, should I list like, am I interested in this? Um, I, I guess, Let's start there because that's kind of like the the start of this kind of like lead generation, or, you know, trying to trying to get qualified. I won't say qualified traffic, but you know, t- if you're trying to get targeted traffic, you're trying to or just get in front of prospects, get in front of people who could be a good fit. Let's say you're doing like the podcast route, or it doesn't really matter what what medium or or how you're putting a message out there. But I guess I wonder in terms of like what are the things that people should think about in, in that context, like in terms of the content they should be putting out or what they should be doing that would would let somebody then their their ideal client think. Oh yeah, I am. I am interested in that. Does that make sense? Like, what is what is, what is interesting content? Yeah, absolutely. So the, that's a great question, and and there's a, a really good answer. I think a simple answer. So I, I had that many years ago. I I was looking back and and you know at a moment of, of deep frustration, uh, and I'm thinking like, look, I I know I'm good. This one says I got to be doing Facebook ads. This one says I got to be on LinkedIn. This one says I got to be doing SEO. This one says I need to publish a book. This one says I need to do rebranding. This one says it's never ending. And I realized like I can see that each one of those tactics could work and every one of them could fail. So rather than asking 
you know, why, um, which one should I do? I asked, well, why does it work when it works and why does it fail when it fails? And I realized that each one, that the first, each one when it works, it's getting the attention and interest of the ideal client. That's the first question, right? So how do, and that's what you just asked me, how do you get their attention? And I reflected on that further and I realized that, well, you know, you'd think that, that there are a lot of different things that can get different people's attention. How do you know what to talk about or to write about uh, to get your ideal client's attention? I realized that we can actually distill it down to just two things. The only two things that anybody is really interested in. And that is if you talk about a problem they have and don't want, and or if you talk about a result they want and don't have. So if I'm talking about my methodology, if I'm talking about my uh, experience, um, you, you, you may or may not be interested, but if I'm talking about a problem that you have and don't want, if I'm talking about a result you want and don't have, you absolutely will be interested. So the first challenge is to craft uh, a simple, compelling, head-turning message, which is dependent upon you um, getting a deep insight into your ideal client. And I, I can give some examples of this um, if you'd like, but, but, but was that clear? Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah. I keep rolling with this because I'd like to, some examples would be great. So, um, you know, a number of, you know, these are some examples that, that I've helped clients develop. And, and this is really like, this is what I think of as marketing helium. Like this is the essence of it. it like if you, if, as I was saying, every, every tactic could work and every tactic could fail. So what's the difference? If you fill it with, you know, it's like a balloon. If you fill a blue balloon with um, hot air and a red balloon with helium, and then you leave go, you're not going to say, well, red balloons fly and blue balloons fall. You know, even if you didn't, even if you didn't fill the fill them, you're just watching someone else, you know, let the two balloons go, you know, that one had helium and the other one was just filled with their own hot air. It's the same thing with marketing tactics and sales, right? They can all work. So what do you, you have to fill it with what I think of as marketing helium, which simply means you've got to get into the mind of your ideal client. Um, you study direct marketing. I know anybody who studied direct marketing uh, has come across the old, I forget his name. I never actually read the book, but I've heard it quoted so many times where he says that good advertising enters the conversation going on in the mind of your, your ideal client, your customer. You've heard that, right? Oh yeah, definitely. So I was thinking about that one day or more than one day. And I'm thinking, well, okay, well, what is the conversation going on in my mind, in your mind and in everybody's mind? We're all thinking about only two things. We're thinking about a problem I have and don't want result. I want and don't have, or I'm thinking about, you know, well, some, instead of a result, it could be an experience I want and don't have. It's just another version of the same thing. And I realized that, okay, enters the conversation going on in their mind. If somebody, most of us don't feel understood. Most of us feel like, um, you know, it, it's rare to really feel that somebody deeply understands you. And when they do, let's say, you know, if someone comes along and, and you're sharing something you're struggling with and they say, oh, you mean like this, that, and that, and they've just articulated what you're struggling with more clearly than you did yourself. There's this, there's this relief that we feel. It's like, wow, yeah, that's exactly it. You get it. And it's almost an impulse that we have then to, to then ask and say, wow, Tom, you really get it. What do you recommend? What do you think I should do? Now, you may or may not be qualified to, to answer that, but we just assume that if you understood me, you probably also know what I should do next. And that's the position that we're looking to put ourselves in as experts, as consultants. The first thing that we want to do is get the attention and interest of our ideal client so that their brain goes, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? And then they, you're able to speak aloud what, what they're feeling and thinking in their mind as clearly or even more clearly than, clearly than they could themselves. And that leads to like, 
whoa, you get me. Wow, you've just, you really understand me. And then they're like, well, who are you? Can I trust you? Are you for real? And they want some kind of experience. It's the second question, which then leads them, wow, I could trust you. You really get me. What do you recommend? So that's the flow. Um, back to you. Did I answer your question? Oh, yeah. no, well, I didn't because you were talking about examples, right? Let me pull up. Some well, numbers. yeah, definitely examples. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll bookmark this because I do want to move through the rest of the sequence too. Like once they do trust you next steps and kind of closing the sale. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about the examples. All right. Great. So examples. Um, I work with a leadership consultant with over many, just a few examples that have come to mind. Right. So, um, she had been the head of marketing for a billion dollar construction firm. And, uh, we talked about this. I think we mentioned it before, Russell, that, that there's, um, um, there have been, uh, there are a number of people leave the corporate world and, and often discover that the skills are not the same. Right. We talked about that. So, you know, after a year or two, I forget how long it was. She was, she found that she wanted to be doing leadership consulting. Instead, she found herself doing small local websites for people and nothing wrong with that, but that wasn't what she wanted to do. So somehow she found me and I said, okay, make a list of the problems you can help solve the results that you can enable. And she did. And I looked over her list and we're looking for specific problems, specific results. And this is something that a lot of people resist and we can address that in a minute. But I looked over the list and I said, there you go. That's it. You can build a business on that. And what I saw became the message. I helped her craft this message, which is instead of saying I'm a leadership consultant or I help you get, you know, deal with employee engagement or whatever it is that we hear all the time, that it's so trite and so meaningless. So instead of I'm a leadership consultant, now she says, I help you solve the problems you have from that employee who's too valuable to fire. I help you solve the problems you have. I help companies solve the problems they have with that employee who's too valuable to fire. Now imagine my client and a competitor and they're both introduced to the CEO of a billion dollar company. Definitely has a need. There's always a need for, for this type of consulting there. And the CEO turns to the competitor and says, what do you do? And she says, I'm a, I'm a leadership consultant. We help with employee engagement, team building and so on, all that. And the CEO, a potentially great client is thinking, yeah, yeah. We've cycled through quite a number of you and then turns to my client and says, and what do you do? And she says, well, um, I help companies solve the problems they have with that employee who's too valuable to fire. And not only can you hear the difference, but you can feel the difference. Can you feel the difference? Oh yeah. I mean, it's it, it, night and day for sure. But, it, but it, it's yeah. It keep, keep going with this because I actually, maybe we can explore this a little bit too, in terms of like the crafting of this message, because part of me thinks like, I love it. Cause it's crystal clear. Uh, the other, other question I had or thought on that was why, why that angle? Because I'm sure she could have taken that same kind of approach, uh, to, to other, other challenges, but, but why, why that one? And, and does that work or, and would she be restricting like by being that specific, does she actually, does she hurt herself at all? So that's that. I remember I said just a minute ago that, that pe people resist this. That is precisely the reason people resist it. They think to themselves, well, if I'm that specific, I mean, I can help with uh, employees who are too valuable to fire. I can also help with team building. I can also help with strategy. I can also help with whatever it is they can also help with. And they won't realize that I can help with all these other things. And if I'm that specific, I'm going to lose out on opportunities. So instead we go up, we talk higher and higher levels, right? We go up a level higher and, and we end up sounding like everybody else that way. We're so broad. I help you with employee engagement and all that stuff. So now why is it so important? And the answer is what we explained before. And the answer is that, uh, 
in order to get the attention and interest of your ideal client, you have to speak about the only two things that get their interest. And that is a problem they have and don't want and or a result they want and don't have. You have to, um, you have to, uh, you have to talk about the only two things that they're interested in. And you, like we said, enter the conversation going on in their mind at, um, uh, at the level it is, that's how they're thinking about it. That's how they're thinking about it. We expert. Now, if you're, if you're somebody who's suited for the, the, uh, the path of the charismatic guru, you can get away with a lot of the big, broad messages. Why? Mm. Because your personality is compensating for it. However, if that's not who you are, personality-wise, it's almost never going to work for you. And this is something that took me many years to figure out. And this is kind of like, you know, why we've been able to help these people. Because yes, of course you could do many things, but you know what else? And I promise this to them and it happens all the time. If you are the one who could tell them, I help, you know, uh, companies like the example I gave, right? They're going to say, wow, yeah, like you get me. Wow, that's interesting. I also have these other problems. Do you deal with that too? Mm -hmm. So instead of kind of talking at such a high level, yeah, we deal with employee engagement, which makes you sound like everybody else, which is not entering the conversation going on in my mind or the mind of your ideal client, and you lose them before you even have a conversation, you, instead, you get their attention and interest. They go, wow, yes, that is interesting. And now they want to know more. Got it? Oh, yeah. This is good. Excellent. So, all right, another example. Uh, life coach, right? We worked with a woman who was a life coach, and um, she was actually doing pretty well, right? Unlike many life coaches, right? She was actually doing doing okay. And she came to us and she wanted to do better. She knew she could do better. Now, instead of saying I'm a life coach, which nobody wants a life coach, not even life coaches, hire life coaches. So I had her do the same exercise, make a list of the problems you can help solve the results that you can enable. And I looked down that list and I was like, okay, there you go. There you got it. You can build a business on that. And she had you know, listed a specific problem. What was the specific problem? Uh, I don't remember exactly how she wrote it, but her message that she's using now, as far as I know, is I help women who wake up each morning thinking, if I'm so successful, why am I so unhappy? Now, again, not, that's not just intellectual. You could feel the difference between I do life coaching for women or I help women step into their power or some of the other type of stuff that we hear all over the place. And, and instead, she says, I help women who wake up each morning thinking, if I'm so successful, why am I so unhappy? Or feeling, if I'm so successful, why am I so unhappy? Mm. That's really good because it's really clear who she's talking to, the successful woman who can afford to pay her. Mm -hmm. and, and she's speaking aloud a very specific problem. I think we can instantly see that that, that ideal client of hers, this woman, uh, probably would not be looking for life coaching necessarily. But as soon as you speak aloud this problem, or even if she is looking for life coaching, and now she's, who am I going to work with? It comes across your message with whatever tactic, Facebook, podcasts, webinars, joint ventures, articles, whatever. Everyone could work and everyone could fail as long as it has marketing helium. And this is what we mean by marketing helium. I, I'll give a couple more examples. So uh, another life coach example, you'd think we deal with a lot of life coaches. We actually deal with m many more consultants and small professional service firms, but also coaches. Um, There's another coach who was also struggling to focus, trying to sell life coaching. Doesn't work because no one buys it. And instead of talking about life coaching, now she talks about, I help you calmly. I help families. I help parents calmly take control after your teen drops a bombshell. I help 
you calmly take control after your teen drops a bombshell. Anybody who's struggling as a parent of teenagers knows that there's going to be a bombshell or there was a bombshell or there's another one. And, and then uh, once she got their attention and interest with that, she offers a free stop walking on eggshells consultation. Stop walking on eggshells because a lot of parents end up in a place where they're, they're just afraid of setting their teen off. So you see how that flows. Hmm. And it's like magic when you have a simple, compelling, head-turning message. It's like magic when you deeply understand the ideal client. And if we're going to go back to what we talked about at the beginning, right? This is, you know, how do we give somebody an experience? Nobody listening to this, if you studied any marketing, if you, you know you need a message. You know you need a niche and so on. And you know you need a message. And I bet, you know, most people, if you don't belong on the path of the charismatic guru, it's something you struggle with. And it's just, it's just something we struggle with. It's, it's, it's hard because we've got to get into the mind of the other person. Giving, when we're working with somebody like this, we give them the understanding that of what this actually looks like. And then the experience of developing it for themselves with feedback. Like, you know, you hit the wall and then, you know, or, or this is how it works. Now do these exercises and then come back to me and we give feedback. We, we don't, I don't do like highly leveraged stuff. We work with people really hands-on in a very small group. Um, and, and honestly, I'll say like, you know, a, a competitive advantage that I have in this world is uh, relative to a lot of the, the people um, that are much more famous online is I, I'm not, I don't have a dream to build a multi-seven-figure coaching business and scale. It's just not my, or consult, it's just not my dream. I love working with people who are really good at what they do and, um, and just really helping them and, and start to see the light bulbs go on. And it doesn't have to take a long time. In four weeks, we can help you get to like, have a simple marketing and selling system that works. I'll, I'll say one more thing if I can. I wrote uh, what I call my manual, how to systematically and consistently attract first-rate clients. And I sold it for $5. For, for five years, we sold it for $97. $97 for five years. And I'm giving it away for free now. If I can give away a link, um, I'll just say that. It's uh, dovegordon.net forward slash Tom Morkes, T-O-M-M-O-R-K-E-S, uh, mm -hmm. just to, to your listeners. And I'm just mentioning it because we're not going to be able to go into everything uh, in depth. And this is about 90 pages. There's zero fluff in it. There's, I've gotten so many letters from people, emails really, um, LinkedIn messages, people like, oh, I love your manual. I'm using it. I print it out. I'm working through it. So I just, that's, that's available if anybody wants to go through this and get a deeper um, or more, more detail because there's no way we can cover everything. So I prepared that. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be downloading it as well and make sure that's linked up in the show notes, but definitely check that out. If you guys are interested in the conversation we're having right now, I think it's, it'll be a, just a great resource. Uh, yeah. Thanks. So dovegordon.net forward slash Tom Marcus, our host. So um, where were we? Okay. Some more examples or we did examples. The, um, well, I, ha I had a question. So, so, and maybe you can answer in, in this context too, but like, so one of the questions I had was, and, and you kind of, I think you kind of alluded to this with one of the first examples you gave where it's like, and I, I find this is a common occurrence amongst the people I work with who are doing coaching, consulting, advisory, or freelancing agency type work. Oftentimes, like the struggle is like, well, I want, obviously I want more clients, but I'd like better paying clients. And so sometimes that means kind of a shift. Uh, I don't know what you call that upstream or something like that. It's like a move move to a higher paying client uh, group or demographic, right? Because like yeah. the problems you solve at a lower price point, you know, I, I, you, you get it, right? Yeah. Okay. So if I'm trying to make that transition or I'm trying to move up 
how, how do you think about in that in terms of like, I don't know if you work with clients like that who yeah. are trying to kind of make that shift yeah. and, and they've been, and maybe they have all these problems that they've been solving. How do you help them think about that and position that knowing that it's like, well, maybe the stuff you've been solving for or the content you've been creating is all at this geared at this level. And that's why you're getting these rates, but you got to start solving bigger problems. So these high uh, in, a, in a new way or a different way that would attract these higher end clients. Like, Maybe walk me through that a little bit. Well, sometimes, sometimes it's raising the bar of the client. Sometimes it's raising the bar of the problem that you're solving, like you just said. Sometimes it's both. It's, I mean, it really depends where you're starting from. Um, we really would start from the same type of place. In other words, I, I, I almost always have clients start by answering three basic questions. And this is a very practical next step for anyone listening to this. Write out these questions and then sit down and think about answers to them. And the three questions are, what problems do you help solve? What results do you enable? I, I'm two sides of the same coin. So what problems do you help solve and what results do you enable and make a list and be specific, uh, along the lines of the examples I've been giving. Number two, who has those problems, who wants those results and group your answers in, you know, in any way you can. So, um, let's say another example that I have here is a, a client who's a consultant, agile development consultant. And there are certain types of, of companies that are doing in-house software development uh, and government agencies as well that are, I don't remember exactly what the details are, but they, they that makes them uh, an ideal client for him. So what are the problems that he can help solve? What are the results he can enable? Uh, who has those problems? Who wants those results? And the last question is, what are the qualities and characteristics of your ideal client? And I think of this as a three circle Venn diagram where the three circles overlap at the center. And you, you want to ask, as you answer the answer each question, it helps you better answer the other questions. So you kind of go around a few times and that, and like where the circles overlap, that's where you want to focus. So number one, uh, a tangent a bit is like, go after the clients that you really want. Um, we've all heard this, but most people are not going after what they want. They're settling for what they think they can have because they think of the clients they really want and they think, well, I, why would they want to work with me? I, I can't, you know, or how do I reach them? So instead they wake up in the morning, they're going after something that's less than what they really want. And when you're not going after what you really want, you're really set up to, uh, you're waking up every single day feeling defeated to begin with, because you're on some level, no matter how, it may not be crystal clear in your mind, but on some level, that's what's happening. If you're not going after the kind of clients you really want, because you don't think you can get them, you're waking up defeated. And that's really not a good way to start. And like, it just, it just goes downhill from there. So Commit to figure to deciding to going after what you really want and then figuring out how along the way. Now, how I would really say that the ideal clients, right? The people who are best to work with are people who are interested in results. And the more fluffy what you're selling, the more corporate babble you, you have in your marketing, the more likely you are to end up doing business with people who are more interested in feel like they're, they're being busy and doing something to prove to somebody else they're doing something rather than people who are actually interested in results. So when you have messaging along the lines of what I've been laying out, you're appealing to people who are interested in real results, real change. And those are the people who are joy to work with because they don't really care about anything along the way as long as they're going to get to the result and they're going to get, you know, they're going to learn the skills or build the systems, whatever it might be, depending on what you do so that you can get there and that it's solid and long-term and valuable. Uh, so that's generally how it goes. And sometimes, yeah, you have to, you have to, um, deal with a bit of a different problem. You have to recognize that, oh, you've been short selling yourself. You have this or that expertise, uh, and you've been so focused on your methodology and how you go about doing your thing that it's keeping you focused on this small piece of it. But if like, look up, 
look up and suddenly you realize that your same skill set could be used to, to solve a problem that's 10 times, 50 times, 100 times more valuable for a higher, you know, um, perhaps more lucratively positioned person in the same company even sometimes. Um, and, and now it's just a question of, okay, how do we get that person's attention? Well, I need a message. It's based on marketing helium for that person and so on. Hmm. Yeah, this is really fascinating. It, and, and just real quick, I know you mentioned that resource. Does the resource kind of go into some of the stuff that we've talked about? Oh, yeah. yeah this and, and more. Um, Perfect. Yeah. The, the manual, how to systematically and consistently attract first-rate clients. Yep. DoveGordon.net forward slash Tom Morgus. Yep. All right. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. No, I want everybody to to get that for sure, because I know we, we just don't have enough time to go through all this, but that's, that's fantastic. I wanted to shift, um, shift to the right then, because I think that's a really good place for people to get started. Obviously not comprehensive enough for people to, but that, Hey, that's why there's the, the manual and, um, you know, reach out to Dove and check out his stuff. But, but let's talk a little bit about once that you've gotten the trust, um, and let's say somebody inquires and they want to work with you. I think that another struggle and challenge then is, is that piece. It's like kind of closing the sale. And, and I'm going to zoom in specifically and not just say closing the sale, but specifically the context of when people call or these, these prospects, they call you get, or, or, or whatever it is, however you're communicating, let's say you get on a call and it's, it's like, it, it's like, um, and they struggle with being, uh, it becomes kind of maybe a, a conversation of like the, like what you do and how you can do it versus like kind of taking next steps to close. And um, so I've, I've seen this in, in, in some of the, the people I coach, not on the, on the coaching front, uh, we do product launches and stuff like that in lead gen, but I've noticed that, that that's one of their, uh, their other bottlenecks typically then is once they've gotten the new lead, it's like closing that lead or, or turning that into a new paying client. So I'm, I'm wondering like, what, what's your perspective on that piece to ensure that like, when you get to that point where they they trust you and, and they think you have a solution for their problem and it kind of all makes sense to them. What are the next steps to actually like complete that? Okay. So there's a, the sales conversation. I, I think of sales as leadership, right? Sales is leadership. Sales is not getting somebody to buy. I mean, um, you know, I, there are a lot of people who teach right. sales in a very uh, heavy handed type way where you're kind of pressuring people. I, 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 I can't teach something I don't know how to do that I'm not comfortable doing. So, you know, but, but the way I see it also is that a sales conversation has also has an underlying structure. These questions, by the way, I think of it as an underlying structure, right? Should I pay attention? Is it interesting? Can I trust you? Is what you recommend right for me? Now, underneath is what you recommend right for me, which is where you, you took us to with the, you moved to the sales conversation, right? Underneath there, there's also a three question structure and I call it structure because it's like the, it's, it's immovable. It's just, it's there. You cannot, you, you cannot go around it. Meaning if you try to get your ideal client to answer yes to is what you recommend right for me before they've answered yes to, I can trust you. And is it interesting? You're not going to get anywhere. And that's one of the mistakes that people make in sales conversation. Hey, this is really good for you. Hey, check this out. You're going to really like this. You really need this, but wait, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I can trust you. I don't even know if this is interesting. Got it? You know, you see how we, we get ahead of ourselves. So underneath that third question, there are uh, three questions that every prospect or potential client is asking themselves in the sales conversation. The first question is, does he understand me? We, we've all had the experience of talking to a potential client, uh, of being sold to, right? You're in, you're, you're wherever you are, in a store, let's say, and someone is trying to sell you something and a TV or whatever. And you feel like they're being pushy and, and like your brain is, is resisting because you don't feel they understand you. You don't feel they understand um, 
where you're coming from, where you're headed, what you, why you're even buying this, uh, and, and you know, what problem is trying to help you solve, what results it's trying to enable, but they're still making the recommendation. So the first question that comes to your mind is, does he understand me? And if your brain goes, no, then you're backing off. So people, if you want to lead this to a close, you've got to make sure that before you're pushing a close, they have to feel understood. The second question that the ideal client uh, thinks to themselves is, okay, wow, you really do understand me. What do you recommend? Okay. What do you recommend? Now, again, we've taken that third question from the marketing flow and we've, we've, uh, we're dividing it into three, um, sub questions that happen in the sales conversation. So does he understand me? Uh, wow. You understand me. What do you recommend? And then the last question is yours an offer. I can't refuse. All right. Is it an offer? I can't refuse. Is it easier for me to say yes than to say no? So, um, if you, everybody would like to accelerate the sale, now here's the thing, what there are, I, I don't know. There are people who say how you can, uh, you know, you could create urgency for them and so on. And sometimes you can accelerate with an incentive and so on. But ultimately at the end of the day, the person buying, it has to be there to solve a problem they, they have and don't want, get a result they want, and don't have, get an experience they want and don't have. Without that, they're not, they're not going to buy uh, unless you kind of push them into something they don't want, especially if you're dealing with consulting and coaching and, you know, professional services uh, and they shouldn't buy it. So there really has to be some underlying real need. Um, now, again, sometimes it's not a need, but it's a want. And that's totally fine because like the, an experience they want and don't have or something that would be fun. But if it's not there, so I don't really see, you know, uh, I'm not one of those who like tries to force or pressure or create something that's not there. But the real job of a salesperson is that when it is there, leading them to the close, leading them to recognize, to understand that. And you do that by making like by, by, by doing a good job on the earlier part of the sales conversations, they really need to feel you understand them. And they really need to feel that, uh, they, they, that your, your recommendation is thought through and makes sense for them. And I think that a lot of the, the, the trouble people have with closing is either because they're trying to close somebody who this is not one of their most frustrating, most burning problems. They have and don't want results they want don't have either that. So it's not really the best prospect on that level, or you're trying to close them before they really feel you understand them and that your offer is a fit. So generally the answer is slow down, roll back a little bit, even start over and say, look, um, or another very common is that you're not really dealing with the decision maker. I mean, that, that could be more common than anything. But uh, the person that you're talking to doesn't really have the ability to say yes. All they can do is say no or some version of that. Does that help? Yeah, that that helps a lot. That's that's super clear. And I agree with you. It's like, I don't see the value in um, inc- like trying to increase urgency or scarcity in, in a in this type of environment. Like I can get that for certain types of products or B2C type stuff. But in the consulting, coaching realm, that just wouldn't makes sense to me. So I'm glad you kind of pointed that out too, that it's, it's, it is really focused on solving that problem and being able to articulate it. Um, I think this is a, a really good place to kind of wrap up because I know this is kind of the end of our time together anyway. So Dove, I know you already mentioned resource, but people are going to be interested in learning more about this. Where can they reach out to find you, connect with you and learn more? Uh, I'm at dovegordon.net. That's D as in David, O-V-G-O-R-D-O-N.net. And uh, the manual we talked about um, is that dovegordon.net forward slash Tom Marcus, T-O-M-M-O-R-K-E-S. And it's, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, if, if anyone starts reading the first few pages, I think you'll be hooked. Um, and then, you know, 
we, we've got, we, we, we have a, a four-week program called UA Force to be reckoned with, and that's been working hands-on. And if anybody liked what they, they heard and they want some help, uh, we're always happy to help. Yeah, no, this dove, this was awesome, man. I, I, I was taking a lot of notes. So this is fantastic. Thank you so much for being on In the Trenches, man. This was a real pleasure. Thank you. Let's climb out and go get a drink. <laughs> I love it. Are you trying to grow your online business, but struggling to get new customers consistently and predictably? Are you tired of working nonstop only to see your income plateau? Are you ready to step off the hustle hamster wheel, as I call it, and step onto a path of predictable profit that you can scale as much or as little as you want? Don't worry, you're not alone. I've been there. When I first got started, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I started reading blogs and listening to podcasts by people I respected and wanted to learn from. I slowly but surely put their recommendations into practice. But because I wanted to do it all myself, maybe you, you're something like that, right? You love to do, do it by yourself, learn through trial and error. Well, bottom line is it took forever. Results were unpredictable when I was first getting started. I wasn't sure where to spend my time, money, and energy. And shiny penny syndrome got the best of me on more than one occasion. For many entrepreneurs, the amount I sacrificed, working literally nonstop in some cases in my spare time, and 12 and 14 hour days routinely after going full-time, combined with the endless fog of war, aka that uncertainty that I had to deal with at all times because I was going it alone, I think that would have been enough for most entrepreneurs to throw in the towel. But I was persistent, focused, and I stayed humble. Day after day, I worked to grow the traffic to my website, increase my list of subscribers, and generate a healthy living for my eBooks, eCourses, and other digital products. At least that was the goal. But maybe more important than the work, was that I paid attention to what I was doing, including what worked and what didn't. Eventually, I discovered a predictable pattern of growth. And so what I did was I just doubled down on those things, and I scrapped or sidelined the other things that weren't working so well. Finally, two years after resigning my commission as a captain in the army and going full-time on my online business front with my blog, with my podcast, etc., I replaced my income with digital product income. Two years. And so if that's where it stopped, I would have been happy with it. I would have been happy with the results. I wouldn't have complained. I would have been very content just replacing my income. But the bottom line is it was so much work. I wanted to you know, see if it could go somewhere else, right? So I just kept doing what I was doing, but better, faster, and more effectively. Again, just kind of applying the same system that I discovered uh, from seeing these patterns emerge, right? So I implemented it. I kept doing it. And eventually replacing my income turned into doubling my income. And then that turned into a little bit more and a little bit more. But not just that, it afforded me the freedom to dictate my day and also choose the projects I want to work on, on the schedule and on the timeline I want, and to work with the people I want to work with. And to me, that's like a whole new level of freedom, especially coming from the military. It's something I've never really had that level of complete autonomy until I became my own boss. I started my own business. And until ultimately, until it became profitable enough for me to start to take a step back and actually reap the rewards of it. Because it's not all just working, working, working. And I do believe it's hard work. And I'll always say that nothing about doing this stuff is easy. But at the same time, you've got to reap the rewards at some point and take some of that profit, uh, even if you're just reinvesting it into new assets and things like that. Bottom line is, it can't just be work, right? Entrepreneurship and business is about that result that occurs, the value you've created and the profit that that piece of value that you've captured, okay? And you want to be able to reap the rewards of that profit, of that value, that little sliver of value that you get to capture, that you get to net, right? You want to be able to take advantage of that. Otherwise, 
you know, the entrepreneurship game really does become just a grind. And, and for, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, unfortunately, it becomes meaningless and that's when they quit. Well, for me, I love this stuff. I really, truly do. I mean, it is my thing. And so that's why I didn't just stop where I was at. I've stayed committed to learning everything I can about all aspects of this online business world and this online marketing world. And I do this through real world application. In other words, I'm currently growing several online businesses and I'm always putting my ideas to the test in real time with my own money, with my own time and energy, oftentimes with employees, you know, a lot of some, some stuff more advanced, some stuff more simple, but, you know, so varying levels of complexity and again, in different spaces, different niches. And I can say, you know, bottom line, I've always loved the startup hustle, but I got to say, it's nice to now be in a position where I can get big results with much less effort. Thanks to having built the foundation of my business the right way. And again, I did it all through trial and error, but I don't think that that's the way that everyone needs to do it. And in fact, looking back on it, if I had to redo it, I don't know if I would. It was so difficult to just go it alone and try to figure everything out by myself. So one of the things I've tried to do is give back with this podcast, with my blog, and with my newsletter. But maybe even more rewarding than any of this stuff, while I've enjoyed all of it, I think the thing that I'm enjoying the most, that I find most engaging and rewarding is the premium business mastermind and coaching program I run called 100K Academy. Inside 100K Academy, I help ambitious entrepreneurs who are very driven and excited to be doing what they're doing. I help them grow their reach, their influence, and their profit using my proprietary marketing system. That's the same one I use to scale my own online businesses from zero to multiple six figures and beyond, and the same system I use to help my clients reach the New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller list, set Kickstarter funding records, and create viral product launches that have turned into predictable revenue streams. So lots and lots of case studies that you can find at tommorcus.com. If you're curious, just go to tommorcus.com slash about, and that'll get you started. Most importantly, this system is one that 100K Academy members and alumni have used to achieve tremendous results, like Alexa, who used it to have her most profitable year ever. Or Tina, who used it to make five figures from a sales funnel that she can now replicate and scale, and that's exactly what she's doing. Or Carrie, who made over $75,000 in just seven days. And the crazy part about his story was that his online business was actually a side hustle up until that first profitable launch, which he has then been able to grow and scale. And he subsequently quit his job following that very successful week. And I think that that has been just a game changer for Carrie and the life he's living and the work he gets to do and the impact he gets to make on the world because of the great work he's doing now, because he was able to figure out a system that would get him the targeted traffic, the subscribers, the sales to grow a profitable online business. Bottom line, if you want to grow your online business from six to seven figures, but you flatlined or you're struggling, or you just want to be told what to do and when to do it and in what order, right? And you want a system that is predictable and scalable and isn't just you know another shiny penny, but actually will fit right into your business. It plugs in and is something that you can truly grow. I want you to go to tommorcus.com slash academy. That's tommorcus.com slash academy. Academy is spelled A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. Go to tommorcus.com slash academy, and you'll find a page on my website with more details about 100K Academy, the business mastermind coaching program I run, as well as instructions on what to do next. Again, that's tommorcus.com slash academy. And if you're serious about growing your reach, influence, or profit, just follow the instructions and we'll be in touch, okay? Again, tommorcus.com slash academy. Go ahead and head over there now. That's it for today. Stay frosty.